This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, it is a Friday. Uh, we're now officially a week out from the draft. Yeah. And it's never too soon to start looking at next year's draft. <laughs> I know very little, but I am excited <laughs> to dig in. Well, we're going to teach people a little yeah. bit today. Mother's Day weekend coming up. Happy Mother's Day to all you wonderful mothers out there, too. And a little bit of a, a downtime in the NFL. We've got a schedule release next week, of course. And there's some little moves. Frank Ragdow gets an extension. Rookie mini camps will be next yeah, weekend. Yeah, it's coming up, yeah, right? So, yeah. uh, for the Steelers, other teams will be in this weekend. The Steelers are taking next weekend, and then the OTAs will start up soon thereafter that. Um, and there'll be news out of there. Unfortunately, there'll be some injuries and things. Then well, at that we already, point. you know, we've already seen some. Yeah, uh, some things happen around the league. But uh, Todd McShay put out a list of the. Or is it Todd McShay? I don't know. No, I'm sorry. It was Bill Conley. Oh, okay. So, yeah, Todd did his way he too did, early mock draft. Yeah, he did his mock draft. His uh, least favorite project of the year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think he, I, I read that last night. He said 14 of the players that he had on his mock draft from a year ago actually went in the first round this really? year. And a couple guys didn't get drafted. Like, didn't get drafted. Like Dylan Moses. and. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. right. Some guys like that. Um, it always makes you look bad. Yeah, I mean you can't look. You good. can't look good. You can't look a good. year out. I just want to see the names. I just, you know, right. First time I get a chance to really look at the names. Which brings us to this piece that Conley did here on the quarterbacks for next year. The names to know going to be a little more important this year than most for the Steelers. Very important. <laughs> yes, yeah, time to know I mean, these guys. That's why we bring it up here. You know, yep. a lot of years we wouldn't really look at this. Sure, top guys in the draft. Right, we have to this year. Have to, and we have to dig into it heavy, and it might be more fun. Saturday afternoon to watch North Carolina or some of these other teams that maybe you didn't with this in mind. Uh, his first-round favorites. Now, remember, there were five quarterbacks selected in this year's first round. Five the year before, too, right? F- uh, was it five two years ago? There was five in the five Lamar in 2019 Allen class. Or right. 2018 was five. Last year there were... What's that, the Kyler class? That was a Kyler class, Kyler, yeah. Jones. I think there were three. Who am I missing? Locke was a two... Okay, Haskins. Yeah, Haskins. Okay. Yeah. So three to five is the norm now. Yeah. You know. So he's got seven players that he said could be drafted in the first round. Now remember as well, when these lists came out the year before, the last two seasons, Joe Burrow wouldn't have been on no on a first round consideration. This year it was Wilson. Zach Wilson wasn't. I'm not sure Baker Mayfield would have been. Kyler Murray would sort of, but he hadn't started a game yet because Baker right, was there. Right. Uh, Wentz, I think. Did you mention Wentz? Wentz was con- considered a guy to keep an eye on. Yeah, but he wasn't a top two or slam dunk. No, type he wasn't that. Sure. But people are looking at him as a first round potential. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, this is not uncommon. And Burrow's the best example. Uh, so the first guy on his list here is Matt Corral, or Corral, I guess, from Ole Miss. Okay. Uh, he's six one, two oh five. Completed 71% of his passes last year. Averaged 14.4 yards per completion. Okay. So he's throwing the ball ball down the field. Yeah, Elijah Moore helps. 9% uh, touchdown rate, 4% interception rate, uh, 5% sack rate. 6.4 yards per carry. 
Hmm, okay. So got a little uh, little running there. Good. I mean, um, he's not super big. I hope he's a pretty good athlete. Athlete. Yeah, and he makes mention that you know he had Elijah Moore and Kenny Yaboa. Yeah, I forgot about Yaboa too. They they average they they combined for seventeen hundred uh, and seventeen yards last year. Mm-hmm. So um, to live without them, see how yeah, that goes. Fifteen point two yards per catch. But he's got Monty Kiffin working there with him. Oh, yeah, that's and, true. And so they, you know he's got a pro style mm-hmm. coordinator. Um, if AJ yeah. Brown and DK Metcalf are any indication, they'll probably find receivers. Yeah, <laughs> they've done. They seem well to be lately. pumping yeah. out the receivers yeah, down right. at Ole Miss. Uh, they also list their, their best defenses on the schedule. Oh, that's interesting. Next season, ones to look at. Yeah, yeah. So they play Alabama. They play Texas A and M. They nice. play Auburn. So nice, he's going to be nice. battle tested. Yeah, yeah. And, and he plays in the SEC. SEC. Sure, yeah, sure. You expect that. Good. There'll be good. Ta- there'll be good tapes to watch for sure. Yeah. Uh, the next guy is J T Daniels out of Georgia. Okay. Six three two ten, a little bigger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he completed sixty seven percent of his passes, fifteen point four yards per completion. Wow! Again, throwing the ball down the field, eight percent touchdown rate, two percent interception rate. They have a stud receiver coming out next year too, who's yeah. a, a taller AJ Green type. George guy. Uh, George Pickens. Yes, that's yeah. Um, so you look at him. Um, they averaged last year. Uh, so I assume he took over for Fromm. Yeah. And a couple guys left in the meantime, Eason and Fields. They averaged 29 points per game last year without him. With him, it was 37 points per game. Wow, okay. So Did he miss all time last year, though? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's promising. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know. Him. I didn't know that name. I mean, they've they've been jet, they've been getting quarterbacks like crazy over there. They said the thing that maybe sets him apart is that he doesn't run as much. He's more, okay. of, a more of a pocket passer. Twenty carries for thirty four yards in, in two thousand eighteen. That's a red flag um, to me right yeah. off the bat. He, he he's been there for the a few years. So mm-hmm. uh, they play Clemson. They play Auburn. They play Florida. Yeah, they're good ones. Yeah. So again, you get some some good quarterbacks. Yeah, without there. question. A guy that a lot of people, I think, are going to be talking about, and you're going to see a lot of Mahomes comparisons, is Spencer Rattler yeah. in Oklahoma. He seems like the, him and the North Carolina dude seem like the two names at most tops of the yeah. list. You know, he's only six one two ten. I say he's not real big though, right? Sixty eight percent completion rate, fourteen point two yards per completion. These guys are all throwing the ball down the field. They are, yeah, they are. Nine percent touchdown rate, two percent interception rate, seven percent sack rate, average four point nine yards a carry. I don't love any of the three sizes that you mentioned. No, this is what you're, you know, we talked about the the guys that you're looking at. Kyler Murray was not a big guy. No, not at all. Um, Goff's pretty lean, too. Yeah. Uh, Even the quarterbacks this year, Wilson's not big. Uh -uh. Um, Worries me a lot with Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the the muscle mass and the body armor to withstand it. You know, think about Ben. I mean, the hits he's taken over his career and the, the size and physicality in the pocket. Yeah. Um. Rattler's a guy. I mean, I, I can remember seeing videos of him three years ago when he was still in high yeah, school. Yeah, he's been a name for a while. Yeah, throwing passes, throwing Mahomes like passes all over the place mm-hmm. and doing those kind of things. It, it's funny. Like Rogers started that, and, and I guarantee Wilson. I've never heard him say this, but I guarantee Wilson ran around in his backyard trying to be Aaron Rodgers. You know, and yeah. now we're going to see this wave of Mahomes no look passes, and you know, I mentioned that with Wilson. Throws a lot of passes without either foot on the ground. Yeah, you know, that's an Aaron Rodgers. I've thing. seen it in Rattler. Rattler makes those. Yeah, he's in that yeah. mold too. Yeah, which is great. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like what? But and if you just watch these guys' highlight tape, wow! Holy cow! Look yeah. what he can do. 
But if he's missing the third and five when he should have his feet set, correct, <laughs> that's a problem. That's you know? a problem. If it's in addition to the fundamentals, great. One thing that that he says um, apparently, uh, like the the key against Rattler for colleges right now is blitzing him, okay, because he just wants to get rid of the football quickly. He won't stand in the pocket, and, and teams now know that. Okay, so they blitz him like crazy and force him to throw short of the sticks. The other thing I heard about him which I think was pro football focus because they did a little bit of clips like this too, was I think he's much better out of the pocket than in, mm-hmm. which which correlates to that. I mean, yeah. blitzes are coming and you need to stand in the pocket, wait that extra beat, deliver the football, as opposed to run around and try to, you know, yeah. Mahomes it up. So maybe that's something that he works on All this right. year before he comes out in the draft. But they play West Virginia. Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Those defenses all ranked in the top 15. Not exactly Bama and Florida, and you know, but that's the division they, or the yeah. conference they're in. Right. Oklahoma's pumped out some quarterbacks, though. This is a guy, McShay, this next guy is a guy, McShay, in his, in his mock draft, mocked to the Steelers. Ah, I saw that. Okay. Desmond Ritter from, uh, from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. 6'4", 215. Better. Better. Would like him to add 10 pounds in the yeah. meantime, which maybe he will. Who knows? 66% completion rate, 12.3 yards per completion, 7% touchdown rate, 2% interception rate, 8.8 yards a carry. So he can run a little bit. Right, yeah. okay. There was some buzz that he might have came out this year. He didn't, obviously. but Yeah. Um, made a big improvement from 2019 to 2020. That's right. right. Um, yeah. yeah, he completed 55% of his uh, passes in 2019. Obviously, that jumped up to 66% That's a nice last jump. year. Nice jump. Yeah. Um, so... This is a guy that keep an eye on. Uh, against blitzes last year, he completed 73% of his passes. Nice. Probably um, a quick processor then. And 57% of those went for first down. So he's standing in the pocket and throwing beyond the sticks. I'm sure Steeler he's, fans are, you know, I mean, it's funny to mention it in this town, but I don't think Mac quarterback is necessarily a problem. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. The other guys are all bigger schools. Or, they're, they're Conference USA or whatever. Oh, okay. They, yeah. uh, they're top games this year. Notre Dame, good. Tulsa, Indiana. I think Indiana had a really good defense. They did, yeah. They they ranked thirty first on okay. the. On I, the I know they lost some yeah. guys from that, but Notre Dame's good. Yeah, I yeah. mean, so you're, he's going to play some quality opponents. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, Sam Howell is the kid That's from the North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he went seventh in McShay's uh, mock. Six one two twenty five. A that's little on the short side. He's thicker. Thicker, yeah. He's the only one that's thick. It yeah. sounds like just from dimensions you're reading. Uh, He completed 68% of his passes, 15.1 yards per completion, uh, average 6.1 yards a carry. These yards per completion numbers are pretty good. They're (laughs) exceptional. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exceptional. Um, Now, you got to remember, too, he had a bunch of guys drafted off it. Basically, his entire skill position. Right. Both running backs. Both running backs. Three wide receivers are are out of there. So, he's going to be starting over this year. Really interesting to see how that goes for him. What he plays with this year versus last. Wow. Yeah, um, but he's the, he could throw it. I mean, I've watched him. He can. Yeah, I say he's a stronger arm, powerful yeah. player. Um, again, I haven't watched a ton of these guys. I'm learning on the fly, but uh, he's the name I would say you probably see the most at the top. Him and Rattler, yeah, from Oklahoma, seem to be the names on everybody's list. Uh, the best defenses he plays: Miami, which is ranked 13th. Okay. Notre Dame, 26th. Pitt, 36th. And Pitt. Yeah. Okay. Right. Here's a name to keep an eye on. This kid uh, is a transfer from Auburn, of all places. 
Okay. Auburn, which has had quarterback issues forever. Yeah, that's a messy system, too, and it's hard to evaluate the receivers and whole passing game going back to Stidham, you know. So Malik Willis transferred from Auburn to Liberty. Mm-hmm. Uh, he I've went, been seeing this name a lot the He last went 15th days, yeah. in McShay's mock. He's 6'1", 215. Uh, 64% completion rate, 13.3 yards per completion. Mm-hmm. Uh, he averaged 8.7 yards per carry. Last year. I think he's a runner. Yeah. No, and not. that's he's more you know in the yeah in that in yeah. that runner mode and more so than the other guys you mentioned I think yeah. he's the fastest to the most dangerous with the ball in his hands of that group yeah um, now the problem with him uh, it, there is some it, you, he's a little small too you'll tolerate a little bit of the extra scrambling when it pays off this much but when you combine his running ability with sidearm to sidearm strength forty nine percent of his passes last year were thrown between the numbers and the sideline so he throws a lot mm, to good. the sideline good. The only guy that had more than that was Justin Fields. Wow. Okay. Makes um, sense. So there's some there's some he has the ability to drive the mm-hmm. football outside the numbers. That's defenses he's playing aren't going to be real strong yeah. here, obviously. Uh to your point with that, uh his top the top defenses that he faces next year. Uh Louisiana, which is thirty fifth, mm-hmm. UAB thirty ninth, and Army forty ninth. Yeah. Army's more of an attacking style defense. <laughs> Discipline. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Senior Bowl, I'm sure, will be huge for him. Absolutely. I would think also for the Cincinnati dude. You know, I mean, it's in a bowl game, potential bowl, bowl game, games, yeah. without question. Good point. Um, but there's a lot of names on the list, though. I mean, those are all. Well, we're not done yet. Oh, I thought that was the end of the. No, no, we got more. Oh, okay. This is the guy that McShay had ranked as his highest. Oh, really? Quarterback. Kedon Slovis at USC. Mm, yeah, he's been... 6'3", 215, mm-hmm. uh, so a little better size. 67% completion rate. Only 10.9 yards per completion. Hmm. All the other ones were like 11, Down 12, field. 15. Yeah, right, right. Uh, but he did average 7 yards per carry. Hmm. So there's some there's some running ability there. Yeah, it sounds like all these guys can move. Uh, they kind of play in an air raid tile, style offense. So he's getting the ball out quickly to his playmakers. Um they have a stud receiver, too, and yeah. they just lost St. Brown. They always do, and, yeah. You know, I mean, they're USC. Uh, the top defenses he plays, Utah, which is 10th. Yeah, they're always good on defense, though. Arizona State and Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre, Notre Dame's, Dame's, Notre Dame's playing schedule. a lot of these top quarterbacks. They got a tough schedule this year. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's been around for a couple of years now. Yeah, he's been yeah. a household-type name off this group. Here's some guys. He also lists some guys here that maybe aren't first-round guys now, mm-hmm. potential first-round guys now, but – as he mentions, there's guys every year that aren't being talked about as potential oh, first-rounders, right. and they there's wind up being first-rounders. Some of them haven't even played yet. Yeah, yeah right. right, right. Uh, the first one is uh, Jaden Daniels from Arizona State. Okay. This was a little concerning. Six foot three, 185 pounds. 185. Yeah. Wow. 58% yeah, like completion rate, 14.3 yards per completion, 9.9 yards a carry, though. And I wonder if he's a real... Kaepernick-like athletes. Yeah, but he said if you're looking like for 185 at all. He says if you're looking for fun, there aren't as many quarterbacks as rewarding to watch than, than Daniels. If you're looking for consistency, he's not quite there yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. So. And that's going to be the knock on a lot of these guys going into their last season. And yeah. As we always can say, you, can you take that next step? Yeah. You're allowed to get better. You're allowed to get bigger. You know. I mean. So these are very young people. Yeah. Uh. His de- the defenses he faces: Utah, Washington, USC. So you can watch that USC uh, Arizona State yeah, game. Yeah, right, right. Kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina. 
Okay, not familiar. 6'3", 200 pounds, 69% completion percentage. Good. 14.5 yards per completion. So he's not just throwing short. Uh, Also averaged 6.2 yards a carry. Did you say he was 225 pounds? 220. Or, I'm sorry, 200. 6'3", 200. Ah. Um, A bigger guy. Yeah. uh, He was not in the top 300 when he came out when he was uh, recruited. Mm, That doesn't bother me. Those Um, guys can easily get missed. But he makes all the... uh, can make all the throws. Okay. Um, he's second in passing down success rate um, when behind schedule. When okay. You know, so I second second yeah. and nine doesn't bother this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's not bad. Overcoming some tough top down and distance situation. Yeah. Uh, their top defense is Appalachian State, which is actually actually tw- pretty good. Yeah. Twenty fourth on in, in total defense. The uh, one thing people talk about with with these strength of schedule conversations, oh, he doesn't play anybody. Well, he doesn't have five first-round picks blocking for him either. That's true. You know, yes. You know, I mean, that's something to be said. That's why BYU is a little different for me because they always have the old offensive linemen. Yeah. Uh, Troy, which is 51st, and Georgia Southern, which is 64th. Okay. Brock Purdy out of Iowa mm, State. He's been a name for a while, too. Yeah. Six foot one, two twelve. 212. Okay. 67% completion per, uh, rate, 11.3 yards per completion, 6.3 yards per carry. Hmm. That's Iowa State, not Iowa, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, they were kind of hurting last, last year for receivers, so his numbers kind of dropped off a little bit. But, they have uh, two really good backs. They yeah. had one draft this year and one that could be the first back off the board. Yeah, so um, as he says here, uh, the writer says, he could be viewed as a player who's pretty close to his ceiling. He could also have another gear. They play Iowa, which is the number one defense returning That's always year. a well-coached yeah. team, and yeah. West Virginia, which is 11th, and Oklahoma State, which is 12th. Wow. So he's got some challenges. He's got some challenges ahead of him. Okay. You wouldn't think he would in that conference yeah. necessarily, but good. Here's another classic. Here's, this, this, here's the best-sized guy in the class, Tyler Schof out of Texas Tech. 6'5", 220. Yeah. It's still kind of lean. It's still kind of lean, but— I mean, these guys will add some yeah. weight. I mean, I know that. 64% completion rate, 14.7 yards per completion, 5.9 yards a carry. So he's got some— Okay. He can run a little bit. All these guys scramble, it sounds like, if, if yeah. not to have design runs. We'll have to figure out the, the details. So um, he was benched for portions of the last two games and transferred to Texas Tech at, because he was at Oregon be- before this. Okay. Uh, he was benched at Oregon. It amazes me. Times have changed so much with these quarterback yeah. transfers. They just— Move yeah. on. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be your guy. I'm going to move on. That was rare back in my yeah. college time. Yeah. He plays West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Okay. So, again, you can watch. West Virginia's got some tough quarterbacks play against yes, they the do. WVU yeah. fans. You should see plenty of them. And I believe a couple more guys here. Phil Jerkovic from uh, Boston College. He's the uh, Pine Richland kid. Somewhere else had him going in the first round in one of their mocks. Yeah. Maybe it was Dane or something. So. He's 6'5", 226. Ah, okay. Now like right, Matt's right, eyes right, just right. lit up. Ah, I like that part. <laughs> and he's a Western PA guy, right? And he's a Pine Richland kid, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, 61% completion rate, 12 and a, 12.5 yards per completion, 6.4 yards per carry. Okay. Um, of course, started out at Notre Dame, transferred out of Notre Dame. Mm, Left I he was Dame. that guy. Okay, yeah. I remember that. Uh, that now he's at Boston Dame. College. Um, he had uh, he had a completion rate of sixty six percent or higher in five games last year. Completed six passes of twenty plus yards in a thirty one thirty win over Pitt. I mean, okay. He'll throw the ball down the field, uh, but the offense in, at Boston College. I mean, it was very tight end dependent last year. I was I doubt this has changed, but it was very true when I was in recruiting. We played BC every year. 
and I haven't seen a whole lot of wide receivers entering the pros since. From BC, yeah. They don't get wide outs at BC. They do not. <laughs> they just don't. They get linemen, you know. Um, his coach there he's, he's, uh, is Frank Signetti. Mm. Who's, who's yeah, got, yeah, yeah. He's got some NFL experience there. So you're his getting... dad's an IUP legend. Yeah. And then uh, little Frank has been, you know, uh, tied in with Sean Payton. And, yeah. yeah. He's had a good career, too. Uh, they'll play Clemson, NC State, and Georgia Tech. Steelers will have all the ins on this guy. Yeah, they'll know a lot. They'll about know him. a lot about him. Yeah, and then a, uh, a couple more guys here. Carson Strong from Nevada. Good name. Six four two fifteen. Wish he was a little bigger. Seventy uh, percent completion rate. Good. Eleven point five yards per completion. Four point nine yards a carry. Okay. Yards per carry is a little misleading because they run in. Once a game, you know, when, yeah. it, when the C's part. And they, he's taking or... out the sacks here as well. So good, you're, you're good. getting the true rushing numbers. Yes, you should. But if you're taking a knee, then you lose yeah, it, you yeah, know, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, but are they running quarterbacks or not? Yeah. We don't know that just from that number. But he says he's he's not as dangerous with his legs, but he's a safe decision maker in a pass-happy offense. Good. So he makes good decisions, yeah. I mean, um, evaluators always wanted to see a lot of throws. Yeah. That was a problem with Lance. That Lance won't be a problem it. here. Yeah, say so he yeah. throws the ball a lot. Probably won't be a problem for a lot of these. Most, Most of these, these are, throw, yeah, yeah, I think the Coastal Carolina kid's the only one that really, they run first. Okay. Um, I mean, that was such an odd evaluation with Lance for many reasons. Yeah. One of them is only have like 300 throws of college. Um, they play San Diego State, Boise State, and Cal. That's 33rd, 50th, and 53rd. So he's not going to see a lot well, of top down too challenging. The final guy on the list, speaking of guys the Steelers would know a lot about, Graham Mertz from Wisconsin. Okay, I don't know his story. 6'3", 225, good-sized quarterback. Yeah, right. 61% completion rate, 10.5 yards per completion, uh, 4.6 yards per carry. Um, Dealt with some weather in his life. He said the the, the, the write-up here on him says, the first time the world noticed Zach Wilson, he was going 18 for 18 in a bowl game to end his freshman season. Um. Mertz went through a lot in just seven games in 2020, but but he went 20 for 21 for 248 yards and five touchdowns against Illinois in his first start. Wow. How about that? That's a way to, that's a way to <laughs> make a name for yourself right off the bat. Um, yeah. So That's a good coaching staff, too. Again, and it's a coaching staff well that the, the Steelers right. know Trust, well. Obviously, uh, that, that's certainly a name. Him He's got that. his work cut out for him, though, as well. He plays Iowa. Which mm, is first, number one. Penn State, which is sixth in in returning defense, and Northwestern, which is fourteenth. Which wow. you wouldn't think Northwestern would be fourteenth. Yeah, I wonder there if Ohio is. State's on the bill too. They're probably decent. Uh, I think they're in the other division. Oh, okay. Yeah. But so that's the names to know. Um, there may even be some them. other guys that jump out. There definitely uh, will be. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Seems um, like some leaner guys. That's one thing I didn't love. Just you know, well, first impression. Eat some sandwich, boys. <laughs> yeah, eat some sandwiches. Up. Uh, real quick, uh, running over the Todd McShay mock draft. Yeah. Uh, he has uh, Houston taking uh, – I'm just going to get on the – we don't need to know who the It picks. doesn't matter who takes yeah. what. He, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau from – defense. Yeah, from uh, defenseman uh, of Oregon. He's supposedly a Miles Garrett transcendent first overall pick slam dunk yeah. type of guy, quarterback side. Only one that Vera Tucker had any problem with this past year that he's a – He's a dude. 6'5", 250 pounds, mm-hmm. long, lean, fast. Yep, yep. Uh, Slovis, the quarterback out of USC, is number two okay. on here. Um, you got uh, Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback out of LSU. He three. was two years ago on the LSU team, was one of the best corners in the country. Yeah. You know, on their their, uh, their champ team. Uh, Charles Cross, offensive tackle out of Mississippi State, is number four. Noteworthy because we mentioned his quarterback. Yes. 
Uh, Zion Nelson, another offensive tackle. This one from Miami, number five. Hmm, okay. Maybe a little bit better offensive tackle class, potentially. Yeah, who knows? Uh, Kyle Hamilton, safety at Notre Dame, number six. Is he like 6'3"? 6'4", yeah. He's yeah. a big, big safety. Uh, Sam Howell out of uh, North Carolina. Him. We talked about him. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end out of Michigan at number eight. Mm-hmm. 6'6", 269 pounds. Had four and a half sacks last year, or in 2019 for the That's year. better than Tay and Owe and other <laughs> Big Ten dudes we talked 6'6", about. 6'6", 269. That's a good yeah. size. I think he might have opted out halfway through the year. I or think so, like yeah. That. yeah. Uh, Evan Neal, an offensive tackle, guards uh, combination from Alabama. Yet another Alabama offensive lineman. Is he the like 360? 6'7", 360, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, big fella. Uh, number 10, Kair Elam, a cornerback out of Florida. Uh, he's related to the Ravens' former first-round pick. Yeah, Matt Elam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's a six-foot-two cornerback. Mm. We're seeing more big cornerbacks. Big corners, yeah. Uh, Rattler goes is 11. Okay. 12 is Chris Olave, wide receiver. Olave. Olave, yeah, yeah, yeah. out of Ohio well, State. Ohio State, He's been good yeah. for a couple years. Uh, 13, George Karolifitis. Carol Liftus. What's he do? Defensive end from uh, Purdue. Okay. Um, yeah. 14, Savion uh, Banks, cornerback from Ohio State. Okay. They have quite the history at that position, obviously. Yes, they do. Um, Willis, the quarterback out of uh, Liberty, is 15. Mm, you had him going in mid-first round. 16 is uh, Ritter, the quarterback from uh, Cincinnati. Yeah. It's like four or five of them already. Yeah. Mocked up. Yeah. Uh, at 17, you've got Isaac Taylor Stewart, cornerback out of USC. Okay. He's 6'2". I'm saying he's another big guy. Yeah. Uh, 18 is DeMarvin Leal out of uh, Texas A&M. He's a defensive lineman. There's actually some D linemen at the yeah. top of this draft. 6'4", 290. Teams will be very happy to have some defensive yeah, linemen in the, in the draft. Uh, 19 is George Pickens, wide receiver out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. I mentioned him earlier, 6'3"-ish type of A.J. Green type. 20 is Bubba Bolden, safety out of uh, Miami. That sounds like a hurricane. <laughs> uh, 21 is Jalen Weidermeyer, tight end out of Texas A&M. Yeah, I've been hearing good things about him for a while. 6'5", 255. Okay. Uh, 22 is Johnny Mechie III, wide receiver out of Alabama. Alabama right. Yeah. I guess he's that? not, a, you know, by Bama standards, not a slam dunk to be a first-round pick, but, you know, pretty good. Yeah. 23, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver out of Ohio State. He's a lot more acrobatic. Like, yeah. I, I was I was listening to something saying his highlight tape is as good as you'll ever see at the receiver position. Yeah. Uh, 24, Nick Broker, offensive tackle out of Ole Miss. Okay. That's, what, three or four tackles. Yeah. 25, uh, Zach Harrison, a defensive end out of Ohio State, 6'6", 268. I think he played sparingly last year, yeah. too. But, yeah, they always get those guys. Uh, 26 is Rasheed Walker, offensive tackle out of Penn State. Okay. Lots of a big lot guys. A lot of big them, guys yeah. in this year's dra- next year's draft. Potentially. Yeah, right, right. Uh, Drake Jackson at 27, a defensive end, uh, outside linebacker. He's an edge out of uh, USC. Okay. Uh, 28 is Mike Jones, Jr., a linebacker out of LSU. That's the first true linebacker. I think on he's the one that's running hit yeah. fast LSU. Six guys. foot, 220. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a little undersized type. Uh, then another one, Christian Harris out of Alabama at 29. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've had some linebackers too. Uh, 30, Josh Jobe, uh, or Ho- uh, uh, Job, I think, isn't it? The cornerback out of Alabama. 
I'm not sure. I'm sure he played opposite Sertain. Opposite Sertain, yeah. yeah. Uh, 31, Isaac Spiller, running back, Texas A&M. I'm not sure if he's related to CJ or not, but he's... Uh, I don't he, think he is. He's much bigger. Is he? 6'1", 225. Maybe That's we should ask our uh, A&M folks about him when, when they come to town. Because I guess he's considered one of the absolute elite running backs in the next year's class. And then 32 is Xavier Thomas, defensive end out of Clemson. Okay. That's your top uh, 32. Initial impressions, though. A lot of defensive linemen, a lot of tackles. Big guys. A lot of quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, I mean, so some premium positions. Um, Not as many wide receivers as we've seen. No. I've heard it's a little light at receiver. I mean, there's some guys, don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's as deep as it's been the last couple of years. I don't think uh, with the influx of receivers into the league. I know we, I know the receivers currently in the league mm-hmm. don't mind a, a softer no, wide receiver absolutely. class. They're like, right. hey, what's going on here? Yeah, the free agents to be in particular, yeah. the jujus of the world. And only one running back. Only one running back. The offensive skill players aren't uh, outside a quarterback aren't as deep. I mentioned him earlier that Iowa State's got a guy, too, that's you know one of the top running backs is yeah. from what I've heard, too. Uh, I did only heard one safety, not a ton of linebackers. You know, and I mean, just to be clear, I mean, McShay, and he fully uh, admits this, that uh, last year he only got, uh, what did he, what'd he say here? 14, I think I he think said. he said 14. That makes, yeah. Yeah, 14 prospects who were ultimately first-round picks, predicted five top ten picks, uh, but there were two players – that he had in his, in his uh, top 32 last year, that would be uh, Wake Forest wide receiver Sage Surratt and Alabama linebacker Dylan Moses, who went undrafted. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't know Surratt went undrafted. But Moses has had all kinds of injury stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so don't take these names too strong. No, is the bottom no. line. I yeah. mean, I'm sure that the Thibodeau They're guys to watch, right. and there's a, a, probably a pretty good chance that he's right about 15 to 20 of these guys. I would think. Somewhere would in think that so. range. And probably the top five are... Yeah, I mean, Singletary's yeah. and Thibodeau's and these guys we've heard about for a couple of years that are studs or easy ones. I wonder if any of those guys opt out. Is opting out going to be a thing post-COVID? I don't think so. If you're a stud, you know, like, I remember when McCaffrey sat at the bowl game. Everyone's like, I can't believe he's doing that. And then, then people start sitting out the season for different reasons. Don't get me wrong. But didn't hurt Penny Sewell's draft stock or Jamar Chase's or, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know. I would hold it against people. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you made Especially a com- there's not a COVID. You made a commitment to the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't like it. But no, I'd have a big problem with yeah. it too. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So that's the list. Uh, that's the uh, the quarterbacks and the draftees for next year's draft to keep an eye on. Uh, we'll continue to talk about that as we get closer. Oh, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep a much closer eye on the quarterbacks this year than we have in years past. No question. Uh, but yeah. Uh, But that's going to do it for this segment. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We want to thank uh, Jacob Breck for keeping us on the air throughout the course of the show. And we want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. And we are back on The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. We're pleased to be joined now by uh, Tom Reed of uh, DKPittsburghSports.com. And uh, in case you missed it, uh, Tom did the quintessential piece on Najee Harris. 
I've seen you can find a lot uh, of Najee Harris stories floating around on the internet. A lot of stuff uh, from the Alabama days and stuff. He's a high-profile guy. Sure, super high recruit. I looked. Yeah, he he had a hundred thousand Twitter followers before he joined the Steelers. Oh, really? You know, so this is a guy that that people know a lot about. But I don't know if they knew everything that Tom dug up about his upbringing and everything that uh, that he did. Tom went out to uh, Antioch, California. And dug into uh, Najee Harris's background, and uh, it was really great read, Tom. We're glad to have you on. Uh, what was it like uh, making that trip into Antioch? So yeah, it was uh, it was it was it was good. I mean, it was uh, you know it, it was there was no problem finding people to talk about him. One of the, the challenges is going outside of Antioch because he's spread out so every, everywhere, right? I mean, he didn't just live in one area, but Antioch was kind of the He's kind of home during his high school years, so still a lot of people know him there and uh, are really happy for him. It's, it's a school that's had, like, sent 10 guys to the pros, and even a teammate from uh, from Najee's this year uh, is, like, uh, walk, is walking on with the Jets, but uh, they're thrilled. They're, they're, they're thrilled, and they know they played a kind of – everyone kind of played a part in it. Tom, I thought the, the one of the funniest parts of, uh, of your piece – um, and, and quite frankly, there there wasn't a lot there that was humorous, because it, uh, you're talking about a, a really rough upbringing, uh, you know, being homeless and and you know the the family's living at the Motel Six uh, before he goes, you know, when when he goes to high school. Uh, but when they when he went out for the football team as a freshman, and they put him on the team, and the, the freshman coach said, "What?" Yeah, yeah. The principal originally, the principal when he started talking to him. He he uh, asked him. He's like, "Well, what do you what do you like to do?" And he's like, "Well, I I, I think I'm pretty good at football." He goes, "All right, you're a, you're a running back. Where did you play last year?" He goes, "Well, I didn't." He goes, "Well, what do you mean?" And the principal all along thought he was like a sophomore or junior, uh, just <laughs> figure out why he wasn't <laughs> yeah. playing in high school ball. And when they get him down there, um, they get him down there, and the the, the, the freshman coach takes one look at him and says. There's no way he's playing on my team. There's no he's two. He, he's either going to kill one of my kids, or <laughs> he's going to play for like a half and run for 150 yards, and you're going to take him away anyway. So just take him right now. And then they he, they play their first JV game, and and the principal and, and and some of the varsity staff were at least interested to see. Okay, we got this kid. He came in late. What's he doing? And they show up at halftime because the varsity is playing that night too. And in in, in in their state, at least, it's kind of like basketball where you play the JV game first, and the varsity game follows. So they show up around halftime. And he's, Najee's sitting on the bench, and he's like, they go to the coach. He's like, why is he on the bench? He goes, well, it's twenty-eight nothing. He scored all four touchdowns. Touched <laughs> the ball four times. <laughs> they handed him four times. Right? You said at the end there. Four times, four touchdowns. Yeah, okay. That will set him down. Yeah. Probably, probably went to varsity pretty shortly after is my hunch. Oh, yeah, that was his, that was his only JV game. He okay. went right to varsity. And then he, you know, it's interesting. I, I didn't get into this because it didn't necessarily fit in the narrative, but he played Joe Mixon as a freshman. Joe Mixon, of course, for our listeners, is the place for the Bengals. And Mixon was, uh, he was a senior. And Najee was at the time really more of a, an outside linebacker. They had some running backs. The team wasn't that good. Uh, but they took Joe Mixon's team to overtime, and Joe Mixon sought him out in the line after the game and said, you're one of the best players I've ever played against. I hope you can keep it together, keep it in school. 
And uh, that sounded like it meant a lot to Najee. But, uh, yeah, he, he, he forced a fumble. And Najee ran for his, like, his first touchdown at the varsity level. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's an amazing it's amazing kind of uh, story this kid's had. Tom, you mentioned, you know, briefly we kind of touched on it. And I think some people know some of the story, but his upbringing and, you know, the hardships they overcame and all the different places he lived. You know, you mentioned, yeah, he went to Antioch, but he was all over the place. Yeah, I mean, can you kind of elaborate on that and let everyone know what all, you know, his, his childhood entailed? Yeah, I mean, they, you know, he was born in California. His father, uh, who really was kind of in and out of the family's life, lived in Seattle. And they just moved every which way. The father just didn't seem to, uh, he seemed to kind of get into the wrong, uh, into a lot of problems. Uh, you know, his mother, Tiana, uh, was, you know, taking care of the five kids. So it was kind of hard for her to work. And then once he leaves, they're just moving from place to place. Uh, the mom, Tiana, told me they spent several. When I asked, I was asking her, and this, this is, I asked her, you know, the time that you spent, uh, the holiday in a, a shelter, a homeless shelter. She goes, you're going to have to be more specific. We did that a couple times. Oh, wow. Uh, so they, they had moved from different communities, including Pittsburgh, which is the community right next door uh, to Antioch. And their big they, rival was, was Pittsburgh, region. California. Ah. Pittsburgh, <laughs> Pittsburgh Pirates. Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, they, moved all, they moved all over the region. They went up to Seattle a lot. And it was really in Seattle, while, while, while Tiana did not like to live there, uh, it's where she was able to get her GED and medical assistance uh, certificate. So it kind of allowed her to start working. They got into some programs where they kind of kept an eye on the kids during the day. The kids are going to school. She was going to school. She gets a job. And then things start to get up just a bit better. But still, there were times they lived in a, in a van. Yeah, you mentioned in the story that, uh, of course, Najee is the youngest of the five children. Mm-hmm. And she would uh, encourage the other ones to go sleep at a friend's house. Hey, go see, you know, can you see if you could stay overnight there? And he wouldn't do it because he wanted to stay right. with his mom. Hmm. Um, just, yeah. yeah. And, and you, you kind of get the idea that he, he, this gets a, a bad rap sometimes. Well, he's a mama's boy. But Najee's a, he's a mama's boy because that's the, the parent that he knew. Yeah, and I think it's interesting to, to, to kind of take it out to when he's playing at Alabama and he kind of like strikes up this unlikely uh, Twitter friendship with Megan Rapino, the U.S. soccer player. He starts doing her pose that she did at the world's last World Cup. And then someone asks her about it. And she, he goes into this thing about how he respects the fact she's a feminist and that she's a strong woman and that she stands up for what she believes in. And basically that's all going back to his mother. That, that his mother set the foundation. I mean, if, 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 if you're in that kind of situation, then you can keep your family together. I don't know of many women very much stronger than that. And uh, you can tell that it kind of stuck with that, has stuck with Najee over the years. Tom, you kind of mentioned, you know, that, that relationship. And Dale mentioned all his Twitter followers before, you know, he's even gotten to the pros. It, it sounds like he has some connections with some high profile athletes, too Marshawn Lynch, Marcus Peters. Um, yeah. How did those all come about? Well, I just think, and Dale and I talked about this before, and, and I think he, I think he's alluded to this in, in several interviews. The the, the 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 East Bay guys are, you know, anyone that kind of they all kind of recognize talent, and they all kind of 
kind of stick together. Joe Mixon being another one. Uh, they just have uh, they they just kind of got their own vibe going on out there, and uh, I think um, Marshawn Lynch. I don't know when this he started, but I, I heard I heard him talk about that Marshawn's marketing people have kind of helped him along with some of the things that he wants to do. So those guys just kind of all seem to know each other, even though they're, you know, there's there's a bit of an age. I mean, Marshawn Lynch. What I don't even is Marshawn like in like 35? Yeah, he's probably yeah, about 35. Yeah. Years older, right. So so we're talking about a 12 year difference, but those guys just you know it's I'll tell you what it feels like a kind of an NBA feeling where like LeBron, LeBron I'm sure knows the top high school players in the country right now. That's mm-hmm. just the way that the NBA kind of operates. They all kind of look out for the next generation. And it, 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 that, had, that had the same feel to it. And I thought it was interesting how, how – he said this multiple times, but Peters told him like a year ago he was going to be a Steeler. He going to play for the Steelers. And he kept saying, we're going to see you twice a week. And sure enough, that's, uh, that, that's going to happen, it looks like. Well, the story's on the DKPittsburghSports.com. Uh, again, a, 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 just a, a, a real work of art that uh, Tom Reed did on Najee Harris. I uh, haven't seen anything like this from anybody else. And, uh, you know, I know a little bit more about it than, than a lot of people because, you know, Tom and I talked a lot about it when you were working on it. Uh, but his – where they finally moved into in Antioch. Uh, exp- describe to us Antioch because – I think, you know, when you originally said you were going to go to, you know, you wanted to go out to Antioch, and it's it's a, a small suburb of, uh, of uh, not small, small, but a suburb of basically Oakland. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm picturing, you know, I live in, in, a, in a suburb of Pittsburgh. Um, this is a much bigger city than that. Hmm. Yeah, what's happened, just, just quickly, uh, Antioch has become like a bedroom. It has always been a bedroom community in some ways for people that want to commute to Oakland and to San Francisco, but it's become even more so because of the housing market out there. I mean, you just, you can't buy a house in San Francisco (laughs) and you can't buy a house in Oakland anymore either. So what's happened is you've had a lot of people move in. It's a town that went from like 20,000 in 1968 to it's over a hundred thousand. Now there's now a a BART stop where, where the school is and where Najee lived a couple blocks away is the, the, worst area in the city it's just uh the principal ended up into came in, in 2007 had a student beaten by an adult in one of the adjacent neighborhoods there is fencing all around the school 10 feet high uh you unless except for buses and stuff like that but you, it, it's hard to get in that school the kids aren't allowed to leave the school during the day to go to lunch off campus uh and the neighborhood where Najee lives is it's rough. I, we went over there. I, uh, the principal took me over, and the coach then took me over a little bit later to show me exactly where he lived. Uh, it's, it is, it's a bunch of – it's a lot of people kind of living on top of each other hmm. type of thing. People just crammed in and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of drugs. I, I talked to a cop. Uh, just, it says, you know, and when I was there, the police were constantly going through there. Um, and Najee's mom had mentioned that the first night that she was there, first week she was there, someone was shot. And the, the, uh, his coach was saying sometime in that area at the time, like the SWAT team came in there and raided like several houses uh, in that development where, where they live in. And it's just, it is really, that area itself is just a, a, a hub for a lot of crime. Now, that's not all of Antioch. That just happens to be where kind of the school is and its time. That's really 
really all she could afford uh, as a single mom working as a medical assistant. And again, it's extremely, extremely expensive area out there to live. Yeah, and you're looking at, um, you know, again, a city that grows that fast, um, you know, essentially to 100,000 people. Uh, you know, you're going to get some uh, some people moving out, some some of the, the, the trouble moving from the inner city out to, you know, again, a, what it was once a well, small town. Yeah, well, the, one of the things, that, and again, I, I'm just explaining what the, the, uh, the football coach was saying, that a lot of the gang-related stuff is not from people living in Antioch. It's, it's being literally imported from Oakland. So it's it's kind of kind of the, the the shot callers coming into Antioch and recruiting their people, but it's really being led from outside of Antioch. And you have here you have this star football player who is like the number one recruit in the country that every college coach in America is trying to get his name uh, on a, on a commitment. He's living in an apartment with no air conditioning, and he's not sleeping on a on a bed or a sofa. He's sleeping on a floor, which the only reason they found that out was because he was complaining of back and, and, and like, hip problems. And that's when he finally he was so humble, he finally admitted, well, maybe it's because I'm sleeping on a hardwood floor. So that's just kind of this is kind of what Najee had to face growing up. How, how much information did he get about his recruiting process? And you know, you're the number one recruit in the country. I mean, that is an ordeal, and as well as his high school career, which I'm sure was ridiculously good. Well, yeah, I mean, he was a terrific running back. He ran for like 8,000 yards, uh, almost 8,000 yards. Uh, <laughs> the thing that I found most interesting as far as his career, I, I guess he was unstoppable in the Wildcat as a quarterback. Scored like hmm. 99 two-point conversions. They almost they, – <laughs> Wow. <laughs> the only one that was stopped was the one that denied them a chance to go to the uh, – it would have been like the, they would have played LaSalle. Or the, the, what's the big school out there? The, the one that De La Salle, I think they oh. call it. Yeah, yeah. They 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 it did not, they they won fifty. They lost fifty five to fifty four. <laughs> Najee scored like every touchdown, had every two point conversion, and then right at the end, the team stopped them. Uh, yeah, every like every major school. Harbaugh was out there. Saban was out there, and Harbaugh, who of course is very popular there, came back uh, for a game where he's he's already had his official visit. But he just wants FaceTime with Najee. So he's on the field. He's down on the sidelines. He has Antioch gear on. He, he walks out <laughs> his stuff. He's, and every Good time move. Najee scores, he's come trots to the sidelines, and Harbaugh has his hands up signaling touchdown just so he see, they see each other. Then Harbaugh agrees to, to read out the homecoming king and queen. And <laughs> Najee, uh, now, you, again, you, you, you listen in, and, you know, who knows? If he was probably going to Alabama all along. But Najee waited to the very last day. He, he played in that game in San Antonio, Texas, and the coach swears he didn't know where he was going. And Najee was seriously considering Michigan cause, just because he liked Harbaugh. But, you know, he goes to Alabama, and the, the rest is kind of history. Although, if you watch some of those videos, even after his freshman year, he was kind of teetering about it. And it was interesting, his personal trainer, who I really liked, uh, this Marcus Malu guy, he was sitting there having a conversation and he put it perfectly. He's like, right now you're playing Sundays. If you go sit out a year, you're going to be playing Saturdays. In other words, not even using the players' names. They're Sunday players. You're going to be play, you play Sundays in the SEC. You go somewhere else, you're going to be playing Saturdays. And Najee, of course, ends up staying. Uh, and uh, 
you know had a, had a terrific career. I think he liked. I think he liked the program. I, I think he he struggled with the culture. Uh, moving to the south, that's why his mom went with him. Uh, although she was in Birmingham and his sister, but at least to have some outlet down there because I don't think a ton of kids from the west coast go to Alabama. No, I you uh, know I didn't even realize Tom when when uh, you know the draft process started that he was a west coast kid because you really don't see that a lot. You don't, you don't, you know, they go to USC or they go to, you know, UCLA or, or Cal or one of those schools. They don't, they don't typically go to Alabama. That's, that's to, to your point, culture shock. You're moving all the way. Not only are you moving to the deep South, you're moving all the way across the country. Oh, a long way, a long way from your family. Um, you know, again, he yeah. was very close to his mother. Um, did you get the sense that, that uh, Tiana will, will move to, to Pittsburgh to be with her son? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I, I think that, you know, they're, they're kind of set up now. I, you know, the, they're, they're, he's one of five. She just had her first grandchild. Um, yeah, I, don't, I, I didn't get a sense that she was moving. Uh, my guess is at some point they'll probably buy her a house. She's, right now she's in an apartment. Uh, but just a, a really nice lady. One point on the USC. So this was the story I was told. So Najee... One of the things they worked on with Najee when he was little, now when I say little, like young, like a freshman sophomore, we he, we see him now and we see this gregarious player who was, you know, he's just so chatty and funny and whatever. But you know that wasn't him as a freshman and sophomore. He hid behind his dreadlocks. He did not make eye contact. I guess his his interview, uh, well, his visit with a USC recruiter that came out there did not go well. And the guy was like, oh, you remember me at a camp? And he's like, no, I don't remember you. Why do you keep asking me this? And he's like, I don't remember you. And then they, 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 I think some of the, the guys there at the school, like, okay, we got to work on this a little bit. You know, you, there's got to play a little bit of a game here. And, and, and he got much better at it. But, I, you know, I, I've heard that the USC kind of almost blew their chance right out of the bat because of that first visit. So that's right. That's uh it's, it's kind of a it's, it, yeah that's that's part of the world I, I don't quite understand the, the college recruiting thing that's a that's a whole other world in itself. That's Matt's ball game. That's yeah, it used to be. It's a <laughs> delicate game. And actually, as you were talking about that that Under Armour game, that which is the top recruits in the country, I remember when I was in recruiting, I was often asked, "Hey, did any of those call high school guys you looked at thought you could go right to the pros?" And I said, "Only one, Adrian Peterson." And I was I was listening to a friend of mine, Ross Tucker, who broadcasts that Under Armour game every year and said, the only back I've seen at this Under Armour game, which is the best of the best, that I thought would just didn't even need college was Najee Harris. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's big praise. Yeah, yeah that's huge praise. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think Steeler fans are going to like this kid a lot. Uh, they'll probably like him even more if they read your story. <laughs> I would yeah, imagine. I, I Just reading through the comments on the story, Tom, and again, you did an excellent job with it. Um, I have yet to see a, a negative comment hmm. on this just because of the, the what this kid went through uh, to get to where he is now. This is kind of the American dream kind of thing. You know, it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, this is he's a self he's I, I want to say he's a self-made player. Uh, you mentioned in, in the story that, you know, he was out there training uh, early in the mornings, late at night, after everybody else was yeah. going, and they had to kind of take his helmet away from him because I heard he's almost like AB that yeah. way, you know, like take his helmet away. Hey, you, do you, too much. You're doing too much. Um, but yeah. just a self-made player that that also had a lot of help along the way. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. One of the things, yes, correct, absolutely. But, but I wanted to point out one other thing to Steeler fans. Uh, one of the things that, that, that Marcus Mallow was saying that when, when he was thinking of transferring, one of the points he was making is, look, you've got a long career ahead of you. You can get your 100 yards, 120 yards at Alabama on 17 carries. If you transfer somewhere else, you'll get your 115 yards on 35 carries. So basically, you got to start thinking of your future too. You got to start thinking ahead because there's there's going to be there's going to be Sundays in your life, and you don't want to you know you don't want to run yourself into the ground uh, at this at this level. And he said he's the only kid he's ever worked with where it was the same thing. He said you can't work out today. Just go home. You've already worked out here. And he worked out on the day of the draft. He went there <laughs> at seven in the morning, and just so he could get some stretching, they brought the yoga instructor in. At like seven in the morning, before he went to the homeless shelter uh, with the kids. Tom, along those lines, did, did you get into it all with him about uh, why he went back to Bama for that last year? Because I mean, it sounded like he probably would have been in that second, third round mix, but he certainly got better as a receiver. I thought his run traits improved. Uh, did you guys talk about that at all? Yeah, they, they. I mean, he's mentioned that, and 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 the coaches there. There was never a doubt that he was going back. Okay. Uh, it, part of it was. That yes, he was. You know, so you understand the whole situation. You get like if you're an underclassman, the NFL will get you some talent evaluators and put a grade on you. And he was like a middle, middle third or fourth round grade. And it was that. And it was Najee just didn't feel like he was ready. One of the things that I heard from multiple people is he doesn't think he's that good. Hmm. That he's always working to try to get better. He just doesn't feel he's still where he needs to be, He's, and I guess that's a good, good trait to have, but uh, there was, I guess there was never a question that he was going back for his senior year. Yeah, it's, it's just a great story. Again, I, I encourage all of our listeners to, to go read it on the DKPittsburghSports.com. That's free to uh, everybody, uh, that story, to, to go ahead and, and, and check that out. Uh, you even got a little props from Bob Labriola of Steelers mm-hmm. Digest and Steelers.com today, I noticed. Uh, Bob uh, tweeted out the story and, and uh, said what an excellent piece it was. And, and it really was, Tom. We appreciate you stopping by and, and, and talking to us a bit about it. That, uh, that's Tom Reed of DKPittsburghSports.com. Uh, again, the story is on Najee Harris on there. Go, I encourage you all to check it out. We'll let you go, Tom. Um, but, Thank uh, you. Yeah, hey, well, I'll talk to you soon. Good stuff. Thanks so much. Okay. Yeah, that story, you know, the, the, the impetus of that was, uh, you know, when we were sitting down to plan out our draft coverage, um, I, told, I told Tom, because Tom's excellent doing these takeouts. Yeah, he's been doing this for a while. Yeah. He really knows what he's talking really about. He right? really knows how to, to research a story. And I said, okay, whoever the Steelers' first-round pick is, you're going to do a takeout on them. Mm-hmm. Prefer- I, I initially wanted it to be done that weekend. When you say a takeout, does that mean go to their hometown, get well, the backstory? Well, I said, you know, if you have to, and again, he's, you know, depending on who it was, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were going to try to do that. Well, then they take Najee Harris, who's, you know, from outside of Oakland. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Tom and I are in contact throughout the course of the draft. He's like, well, who do you think they're going to take? I said, well, I think it's going to be Najee Harris. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, he's he's from Oakland, or, you know, that's outside of Oakland. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then we're talking, and, and Tom – the Steelers were flying Najee in um, the, the next day. day right? The next day, Friday, right? So Tom texted me in the morning, and he'd already been in contact with the trainer Marcus uh, Malu, and because uh, he had talked to several people already that morning, okay. Friday morning, and the pick had been made, obviously. Yeah. And right, right. And you know, he's like, "We're not going to get Najee. We're not going to get Najee on a conference call until 
because what the Steelers do is they, they bring the, in the first-round pick and you do another introductory press conference with him right, the day right. after the draft. Well, first of all, the, fir- the pick was made at, what, 11 o'clock? That night. 11, Thursday yeah. night. So he gets up. Tom texted me at, I believe it was 10 a.m. our time, to tell me that Mark, uh, the, uh, the guy that he was speaking with who was flying to Pittsburgh with Najee had just gotten on the plane at 10 o'clock. I'm like, well, in they, California. In California. Right. Uh, so at 10 o'clock our time, Eastern. 7 o'clock their time. And I'm like, well, he's not going to land here until like. That's a three-hour flight, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, right? it's five. It's almost five, six really, hours. Really, yeah. Okay. I said, he's not landing here until late afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I think the Steelers made him available at like six that night. Yeah, I'm sure he's got stuff to do when he gets here, too. And right, so right. we started talking about him. Like, the turnaround on that, I don't. you're not going to be able to get. you got a lot you, of work this, to do. You can't you, make this story yeah, yeah. what it should be. Mm-hmm. By just if we just crank this out, and he said, "Yeah, I, I agree. We need to. I need to go to to, to Oakland to, to really okay. check. I want to, you know, I want to see so the hometown, family and friends, yeah. and coaches and teachers and all that yeah. kind of stuff." So okay. I want to go out and talk to see see where he lived at, see what he you know where he grew up at, and and talk to the people there. And that's it what he like did. in this particular case, that was really important. You know, considering it was. Yeah, uh, you kind of get the idea. I mean, you can write these things from from you know six thousand feet above and mm-hmm. and still do a good job on it. Uh, but you know, Tom was in and out of there in like a, a day. He essentially essentially spent uh, the day in Antioch and then flew back and and wrote the story. But uh, cool. yeah, it was just uh, you know, believe me, we we were kicking this around a lot. Like, how are we going to get this done? It's not like you know, if if he had been from Ohio State or something like that. Tom, right, right, Tom right. lives in Columbus, so <laughs> you know, we, we could have gone to the kid's apartment. Yeah, but. You know, in this case, it was a little bit more. There was a little more to it than, than just the average story. And it wasn't a a structured community with three car garage. Right. And, you know, so I was yeah. there since I, my whole life. You know, I mean, like there was a lot of moving parts. Obviously, as he was growing up. Yeah, there absolutely were. And so, yeah, I think you look at this and you say, um, you know, again, I, I was a I was a fan of this kid when he was at Alabama. I thought he was a oh, great yeah. running back. Just watching the tape. Um, just watching the tape. Yeah, right. I thought he's a great football player. You read the story and you realize he's also a pretty good human being as well. He's got his head screwed on pretty it straight. Sounds like he's gonna be a really good addition to the team, to the community. You know, and what he did at the homeless shelter on draft day. I mean, really cool. It's, it'd be real easy for him, and I can understand. You know, when Tom talks about him being kind of shy and introverted um, early in his, in his high school uh, days. Sure. You know, if you put yourself in the, in his shoes, you know you're you're living in your car, you're living at the Motel Six. Right, you can see where you'd be quiet and keep. You don't want people noticing. You know, you mm-hmm. you see all these other people; they're going home to their houses. You know, their families. And Youngest kid in the family. He and, was yeah. having the, uh, the the high school principal actually after football practices, or, or I think it was one of the coaches, was would, would take some of the kids around to drive them home after practice. He had four or five kids that he would drive home, and Najee would have him drop him off in front of uh, a fast food restaurant. You know, the first five or six times he did that, and finally he said, Najee, I can take you to your house. And he goes, where are you living at? He goes, well, we're at the Motel 6. Hmm. He says, well, we got to get that changed. And so they, you know, they Help him out helped him out, right? to, yeah. to, to help the family out to find some housing. But, you know, this is the, you know, this is the thing that you deal with. You know, when, when you're, you you coach these kids, I mean, I've, I've been in this situation with, you know, with coaching. You know, you pick kids up and drive them to practice. You, you take them sure. home after practice because the parents just you can't do it. Right. You know, mom and dad are working or you know, it's a single parent. There's right, and, right. You know, so you, you end up doing things like that. It does take a, a village to, you know, to mm-hmm. raise these kids sometimes. And sure, he was the number one recruit in the country and could have went to any school we wanted. 
but he chose the biggest challenge on the other side of the country in a very difficult neck of the woods. And I'm not saying Alabama didn't nourish him, but if he if he would have washed out there early, they'd find someone just like him. You know, what yeah, I mean? absolutely. Like, they'd have they'd find another five star recruit right. to replace him. I mean, especially at that position, they always go five deep with five stars. You know. And he went in there, raised, you know, rose to the top of the depth chart pretty quick. And that was one of the things that really impressed me about him because you think about the guys that he played with at Alabama, the Jacobs and those guys. And he yeah. was getting carries as a true freshman. Right, right, right. Like he was good enough that they looked at it and said, "Okay, this kid's we need to play him." Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and Jacobs is a first round draft pick, and uh, who else? They weren't they? hurting for backs. no. They they had running backs. Uh, Harris, who's up in uh, yeah. New England, right was now. was a second too, round, right? third round pick. The real good player. They had too. the kid that was in uh, Detroit too. The uh, the big back. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what is his name? Didn't quite make it, but a big physical. Yeah, he he miles. was there as right. his freshman year. All four of those guys ran the ball. Mm-hmm. Harris is. Uh, and my hunch is they have some pretty good guys there now. Probably so. <laughs> yeah. After they were left, couldn't right. wait for Najee Harris to graduate. Get out of here! Yeah. <laughs> time. And yeah. by the way, he has graduated. He's got his degree. So mm, I didn't know that. Yeah. So there's uh, there's that as well. But, I like uh, the two point conversion conversation. How about uh, that? Huh? Direct snap to Najee. Wonder if he can throw just a little too. He did that if you remember at their pro day. Did they have him throw? They, well, it was a, a little option play where they 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 pitched it to Herrett Najee and Mac uh, Jones went out for a pass mm. and he threw the ball to Mac in the okay. in the back of the end zone. So he's done a little bit of it. And I, as I read the story about that, they had they had repped that the night before one time in. in uh, in, oh, I in did what hear they about were doing, that. Okay. yeah, and they got into the they got into the huddle for the last play of the of the the at the pro day, and, right. and Mac Jones says, "Hey, we're going to run that that uh, little conversion pass here." Nice. And not, I think I read Najee said, "Really, we're going to we're actually going to do that yeah, at a pro day." And then they did it, and he made he threw the ball to, to the quarterback on the nice. <laughs> I know this is a Najee Harris segment, but that brings me to the punter they drafted too. I know that they had him do some throwing. I didn't realize how good of a passer he is. You know, he can throw the football. That's a nice little perk when yeah. positions you don't expect to throw it on fourth and one or punting situations or two point conversions. You know, have that little trick up their sleeve. That could be useful for both players. Yeah, absolutely. But again, uh, check out Tom Reed's story on DKPittsburghSports.com. Really uh, fine, fine work by Tom. Uh, yeah, it was fun talking. That's going to do it uh, for this segment, though. So for my pat- partner, Patner, where did I get Patner? Yeah. For my partner, Matt, Matt Williamson, I guess Matt and Pat, partner. <laughs> there you go. I just combined them. <laughs> my partner, Matt Williamson, for Jacob Recht here on site. I'm Dale Lolly. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. We are back on the drive. I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson, and we're back in black. And uh, Matt, you uh, you sent me this thing: your top five, 25 running backs in the NFL for the 2021 season. You didn't include any rookies on here. Didn't include rookies. Um, here's here's the plan. I'm going to do it for every position for Pro Football Network. This was the first of them. The way I judged it was how good are these guys right now? I don't care about their contract. I don't care what they did last year. Obviously, these things you know that factors in. Uh, I didn't think it was fair to rank rookies with them, but I think for our purposes, we should incorporate 
certainly Najee and maybe even the other top guys, you know, would yeah, you does, rather have does them does ATN this guy? Yeah, right, figure right, into the right. equation at all? Javante Williams, who I like a lot. And, you know, Melvin Gordon's on this list. He's going to compete with him directly. Right. I mean, uh, Mostert's on this list. He's going to compete with Sermon directly, you know. And so. this will give Steeler fans, if, if you're still on the fence about the Steelers' selection of mm-hmm. Najee Harris, think about this as we're going down this list. Because if we were going to do, if you if you extended this out even past 32. I had about five names that were just miss, too. That, and none of them were Steelers. None of them were Steelers. No. <laughs> Connor wasn't one, you know, right. Actually, Edmonds was one that Connor's competing with. Yeah. I thought about Fournette. I actually almost put Naheem Hines here because he's such a good receiver, but yeah. he only does one thing, and he's little. Uh, Kenyon Drake didn't make the list. I mean, Kareem Hunt. Got... Is Kareem Hunt on the list? Yeah, he's on the list. Yeah, but it's interesting. I mean, it, it, to pull back the curtain, I'm going to do this for every every position. And lists sell, and this is a, t- a tough time of year to create things, so it's starting to be list season, and you'll see them all over the Internet. But when you actually write them – you get a pretty good feel for the position around the league, too. Right. Like, I'm excited to do safeties. Minka might be one, you know, or outside the you know, edge guys. TJ's going to be the top yeah, couple. I think when you did that last year, you still had uh, – I had Derwin one. You had Derwin James still number one. I don't know how you can put him number one this year. I'm going to have to ding him, right. Yeah. I mean, some He's of played guys, in two years. Yeah, and, well, I guess we'll get to one and two. I mean, some of these running backs have been injured, too. But yeah. But let's count them down worst to first. Okay. Because so, some of these guys in the top 25 – there's a lot of negatives I write about these dudes, yeah. too. You know, I mean, these days aren't all glowing praises. Even and again, for the 12th guy. Pre you know. Najee Harris, there's no Steelers even close to this top 25 list. No, no, including Connor, for that right. matter. Uh, so, 25, you have Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I came up with 24 pretty easy. And then there was about five names. I mentioned a few of them. And I gave it to Hilaire. Um, he wasn't super impressive as a rookie. I mean, he had a couple of games. A couple of games. Yeah. He was he started to produce early on, unlike the, the other rookies on this list. They he, were all opportunity. Yeah, he had opportunity. Um, still not great in protection, not great in short yardage. I think he'll be a perennial part-time back, but I do think his best is yet to come. And um, maybe we should do this for every back too. I would not trade Najee Harris straight up for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Nor would I. Would you trade ATN straight up? For Clyde Edwards Lair. I bet the Chiefs might. Maybe. I bet they might. I mean They they really like speed. They really do. <laughs> they value I, I think that. ATN has more every down qualities. Yeah. But I, I, uh, I mean, I'm hard on Edwards Hilaire, but I liked him a lot a year ago. No, I did I was, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not going to yeah. kill him for one strange rookie year. Yeah. One of the reasons why, you know, I bumped him down a little bit, though, is that size factor. It's just, it's he's not going to get any bigger. No, it's always going to be a problem. Yeah. Uh, 24, you have Damian Harris, a guy who shared time with Najee Harris. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> confusing. I like the player a lot um, in New England, if people aren't totally familiar. He pretty much asserted himself as the top back. Toward over, the end of the over, year, over, he was, over, yeah. yeah. Once he got healthy. That's he been the, good times. Kind of been the problem with him, though, is he's gotten dinged up a little bit in the first couple of years. And as everyone could probably assume... Everyone keyed on the run like crazy. It was such a bad pass. They game. couldn't do anything else. Six touchdown passes from Six the quarterbacks last year. The quarterbacks, yeah. And but how about this for Harris though? I mean, he had zero touches on third down. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, and he's my twenty fourth best guy. You know, and didn't touch the ball once. On I'm third taking down. Najee Harris over Damian Harris. Oh yeah. yeah, and I think Saban would too. And yeah. we'll know all of them. Yeah, and they drafted Ramondi Stevenson this year, and I don't think Michael's in it for the long haul. Yeah. Uh, number 23 of Antonio Gibson. I'm really high on him. I, I expect him to be 
tenth if we do it a year from now. I just can't do it yet. I mean, I, these aren't projections. It's not how good I think your career is going to be. It's where you're at now. And he has some work to do in protection. And, you know, he, he was not an established running back coming out of Memphis. Touched the ball like 95 times in his college career. Right, right. So they knew he was a work in progress. Yeah. I mean, I think he's ready to blow up. But that's a bit of a projection. So he's low for now. I'd still rather have Najee. I'd rather have Najee. Yeah. I'd rather, I think I'd rather have ATN and Javante Williams over all three of those guys right now. Me too. Although we talked about Edward Solaire. I don't want to crush him. I mean, just of where he's at. I mean, like, I might, I'm taking Gibson ahead of those guys in fantasy, though. You know, like, well, yeah, ATN he's got, or Javon, I mean, he's got a, a really good He's got good a clear, clear path yeah. to starting. If I'm not taking, I'm taking but Najee, I'm, I'm Washington taking Najee Harris those, over him, though. I would trade Gibson for those three backs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, number 22, Raheem Mostert. I don't think he's long for this world. He, I don't he, think he is either. He runs like his hair's on fire. They drafted <laughs> two and signed Gallman. This is the classic late-round running back who catches fire for a couple of years yes. and will fizzle out quickly because he's not built for it. He's not built for it, and he's not super talented, but he fits the system really well. There's a reason why they drafted two running backs this year. Right, and signed Gallman like yeah. the week before the draft. You know I mean? But he hits it and goes, and his production's hard to argue with. Health has been another issue, though. Health with has him. been a problem. I think he missed eight games last year yeah. or something like that. So I bet he's not on this list next year. Probably not, and I and would definitely take all three of those running backs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over and him. He doesn't right fit every system. Yeah. You know, he's a straight line, run like your hair's on fire guy. Number 21, James Robinson. A tough guy to put, to put in there, but I didn't want to undersell his rookie year. No. I, I think he caught 40-some passes. 49, which, yeah. Yeah, I, I knew he had some catches. I didn't realize it was that many. There's only five They didn't or have six, anybody else. They didn't have anybody else. Yeah. There's only five or six backs that caught more, and that's not even his forte. I mean, he's a grinder. If you would have, to me, if you would have taken any of those other backs who were draft, like top seven backs from mm -hmm. last year's draft, put them with the Jaguars, giving them every opportunity like James Robinson got. Yeah. They probably, they're actually probably put up better numbers than Robinson did. Probably. It was, this was all about opportunity for him, is my Huge, point. Huge, without question. Yeah. And they used a the first-round pick on a back, a much different one, ATN. Um, not that Robinson stinks. I'm no, not saying no. that, but... I think they inherited, the new staff inherited Robinson, watched his tape, and said, he's a nice find. We can do better. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, he, he probably won't be in the top 25 next year. 20 is Melvin Gordon. He was a tough one for me to That spot. is a tough one, yeah. Arrow's going down. They traded up to get Javante. But I think you have to respect Gordon's game still. He's been a good all-around back. Let's not forget, folks, Melvin Gordon was a first-round draft pick. He was a first-round pick. Yeah. He was very productive. Um, the number I found there was, you know, or the, you know, the back to back that up, when he was the only – when Lindsey was hurt, Gordon really produced He had well. some monster games. He had yeah. some big games. Yeah. So I still think he's capable, but uh, – I don't I, think they want him to have to do that, though. That's why they went out and got Javante Williams. Sure, sure. And I think his contract's up after the year, so he could be – Somebody that he'll be cheap after the season, probably. Yeah, that's the way it goes. But he's had a good career. Number nineteen is DeAndre Swift. Another tough one. First of these rookies that did very little to start the season, and then I think his last six games did a lot. A lot of upside as a receiver. I, I think which I is rare him. for the Georgia backs. Yeah, right, right. I, I think I called him a flash player. You know that uh, you saw flashes you know, of why you know he can be a really dynamic overall playmaker. Would you trade him for no. Najee Harris? I wouldn't either. No, and I like him. I mean, yeah. I'd love to have him on my team no matter what team I had. I or... might trade him for the other two backs. Maybe. That would, that would be a consideration. Maybe, maybe. That would definitely be a consideration. 
Um, number 18. I don't know if you caught this or not, but you have DK Dobbins, not JK. Oh, did I? Yeah. Well, they have editors for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have JK Dobbins. Uh, we both had him as our number one back yeah, going into the draft last year. I don't want to change year. too far off that. Yeah. Um, great yards per carry, but so did Gus Edwards. Some right. of that system-based. Um, I want more from a receiver, but I don't know if we'll get it. Yeah, I think a lot of teams now are, are doing what the Steelers did with Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. And the idea is, okay, we're going to designate some players to just hit Lamar. So we're going to take them out of the equation to stop the running game mm-hmm. because we don't want Lamar running the football. So if these other guys get five yards on us, so be it. Yeah, and we'll get a couple more helmets on yeah. Lamar. We didn't talk about this, but I think that's a big reason the Browns traded up for Owosu Koromora. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be your Lamar spy. Yes. Perfect for that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think that does help the, the running back average in Baltimore a little bit. Oh, without question. Without uh, question. But, yeah, because you, you just want to beat up Lamar. Yeah. You know, those those hits that you put on him early in the game have a factor or play a factor later in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's a close game and he's got to start throwing the football and he's taking a couple of helmets to the ribs. Yeah. You know, history also shows going back to Mike Vick, Vince Young, you know, those running backs that played with those guys always had high yards per carry, yeah, too. Because you got a key on the, the, the quarterback. The can't crash in as much. Chris Johnson, Warwick Dunn, DJ yeah. Duckett. You don't have linebacker shooting the gaps and those kind of right. things because they got to play it different. They got us. You're afraid to get embarrassed, yeah. too. Um, DK, or, I always call him DK. <laughs> JK and uh, Harris were both of our number one backs. Who would you rather have right this second? Harris. Me too. Bigger. Yeah. Bigger, catches the ball just as well, if not better. I know he's a good receiver. I yeah. think Dobbins is a bit of projection as a receiver. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, 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 I don't know how fast um, Harris is. I, I don't bet know. Dobbins wins a race. Dobbins would probably win the race, yeah. but if I had, if I have to get a yard, I'd rather have Harris. I'd much rather have Harris, yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. Uh, number 17, you have David Montgomery. I was never fond of him because he's not a big play guy. He had a really good year. Yeah. I mean, he caught a lot of passes with, with Cohen out. Gets a lot of yardage after contact. Wasn't in a great situation. I, I respect what he's done. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, he was very, uh, you know, you look at him, you go, well, he's kind of ordinary. Mm-hmm. But he was productive. And even early in his career, yeah, that wasn't a very good pick by the Bears. Yeah. They'd have been a lot of trouble without him. Oh, no doubt. Didn't have yeah. anybody else. Yeah, with the playoffs. Uh, number 16, Kareem Hunt. I think he starts for, I guess, 15 other teams by yeah. the sound of it. Uh, really I mean, really good career in Kansas City before. Been good for the Browns, not great. You know, I, I think he's a really good player. Good in, re- good in the receiving game. Would you take Najee Harris over him? No. I mean, even character stuff aside, I think Najee's a better football player. Better football player. Yeah. I agree. Uh, 15, Chris Carson. I mean, he's kind of in that David Montgomery mold. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm, if you put David Montgomery with the Seahawks, or Carson with the Bears. Or Carson or with the Bears. I think yeah. those those mm-hmm. are pretty much the same guy. Yeah. I mean, scores a lot of touchdowns. Okay in the receiving game. It's a hard runner. Hard runner. I mean, a, a more reliable version of a Connor-type guy. Um, I think it said a lot that, you know, they could have went a lot of different directions and quickly brought him back when he hit free agency. You know, they, they count on him. But he's a guy that probably isn't long for this world probably either. not yeah no, he's right. uh, he kind of broke down a little bit last year right i think that's going to start happening more often i would bet on it yeah i would bet on it 14 he's another perfect example of i think it was a seventh round pick yeah you get two three good years out of them that's what you get yeah and they're not great years they were good years good years yeah, yeah. uh josh jacobs i think he's breaking down too 
he has a hard time staying on the field. They don't use him on third downs. or He doesn't catch the ball nearly as much as you'd like. But he's a really good player. Yeah. I'd rather have Harris. I'd rather have Harris. I think Alabama showed us early in his yeah, career. When right, they right, when right. they had both, they, they used both, mm-hmm. which t- leads me to believe, like, when they had Harris this year and he was the guy. He was the guy. He was the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so. Two years ago, Harris could be the guy or Jacobs could be the guy. Right. Yeah, right. I, I think Jacobs is a fun guy to root for and is remarkably tough, but. I don't know. If he they showed us a little bit when they went out and signed Kenyon Drake to some money. Yeah, which I'm not sure I would have done any which way he cut it, but still. Yeah. Speaking of another Bama back, right? Another Bama back. <laughs> another one coming up that's about 260 coming. Uh, 13, Cam Akers. I'm a big fan. Doesn't wow you in any one neighborhood, you know, one particular thing. I think he's really good in all all areas of, of running back. Took over that job. Um Late in the late in the season too, yeah. he really did become the guy. That just drove me month. nuts. I had both Acres and Dobbins last year on my yeah, uh, yeah, fantasy team, and I'm just sitting there with them all year long, like not playing them because mm-hmm. you never knew. Oh, it's so hard. I would still rather have Harris. Uh, I like Acres a lot, and he might be on a lot of my fantasy teams, but I, I think Harris is a better prospect. Number twelve, Miles Sanders. Now we're getting into that area where yeah. you, I think this is that area where okay, is Harris better than these guys? Part of me loves Sanders because I see tons of ability. You know, Steelers fans saw him take one to the house. You know, he has big play ability. I wish he was a little more consistent. You know, some drops some and fumbles. could stay healthy. I think could it, stay healthy. He's right. a little slight for the position. A little bit. Uh, yeah, and yeah. that shows up because yeah. he takes some big hits. And I know he went later than people, re- you know, when we expected. But they drafted Kenny Gainwell too. You know, like yeah. they, they got their Naheem Hines. Who's similar? Yeah, the Colts staff. You know, I mean. I don't know if everyone views Sanders as an every-down back. Yeah, I think they look at him as more of a let's get him the ball 15 times a game. Even mm-hmm. That's what they did with him. That's just kind of what he is. Yeah. Right? I kind of feel like it's a crucial point in his career. Is it is he is he going to be like AT, is ATN going to be like him is the question. Probably. I think that's yeah. kind of the what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd rather Najee. Yeah. Number 11 is Austin Eckelar. I love Austin Eckler. Super productive. Had a great year last year. Went healthy. Catches a ton of balls. Um, I, I think he's set up for a really big year and an improved offense with a second-year quarterback. But he's a limited touch guy, too. Yeah. I think you, your main point there was when healthy. When healthy. And, and they've drafted true. backs the last couple of years. Yeah. And won this year. Kelly and those yeah. guys, right. Because they, they realize that, hey, we can't give this guy the ball 20 times a game. No, I don't think he can. But he produces like crazy when he gets it. Yeah, I think less is more with him. Mm-hmm. He's a fantasy favorite of mine, but I don't think he's close to – you would never swap him up straight up for Najee Harris. No. For the Steelers. Yeah. I mean, different type guys. Number 10 is the aforementioned Joe Mixon, who we talked about, who Najee Harris played against in high school. That was an interesting story, <laughs> huh? I think Mixon's immensely talented. He's another one that doesn't see the field enough. I don't think doesn't his... get as. They've had Giovanni Bernard all the mm-hmm. time, so he stole some of the third down touches away from him. Well, he's not there anymore. Yeah, and Mixon did start to grab some of that last year, but it took too long in his career. We know his blocking hasn't been great. You know, they've been playing from behind a lot. Um, if Harris turned into a Mixon-like player, I'd be fine with it. I think there's some similarities. Yeah. Uh, number nine, Jonathan Taylor, the highest of the of the rooks of the rooks from last year. Yeah, caught a lot more passes than I expected. I mean, that was a boost I gave him over some of the other rookies. 
certainly has the every down qualities as a runner. Um, I'm not a big speed is important for running backs, but he has He's it. got speed. He yeah. runs away from people. Plays behind a good offensive line. Sure. And is, but he's a foundation of their offense. Yeah. That'd be a tough call for me. If, if After one season, I've seen a season of him in the NFL. If the Colts said, hey, send us Najee, we'll send you Taylor. Burden the hand there with Taylor's would be interesting. But this goes back to what we were talking about when you take Najee Harris. Again, when we opened this up, we opened this segment, we talked about there, there's no back on the Steelers roster, even last year with Connor, who cracks his top 25. Didn't even cross my mind to put one on. Well, now we're down to number nine here, ten and nine, nine and ten. And now that's the neighborhood. And that's the neighborhood you're talking about with Najee Harris. Right, right. Absolutely. That's why you take that player. And he's that, got all the future spot. ahead of him. You know, yeah. like we're going to come to Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's better than Najee Harris, but I wouldn't trade him right now. No, he's got <laughs> he's, I mean, what's he way more mileage. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, number eight for you is Aaron Jones. He's made a lot of money. He's another one that doesn't get a ton of touches. You know, Jamal Williams is always factored in. A.J. Dillon's going to factor in. A dynamic player, though. Really good receiver. Um, for the Steelers, though, I'd rather have the every down guy. Yeah, I think know? so. I'm not sure. Jones is a really good player. Um, but I want somebody that on third and one and first two, and ten. Two different coaching staffs have now had Aaron Jones and not made him the man. No, and they drafted the guy in the second round last year, yeah. knowing, knowing this day was coming. Uh, number seven is Ezekiel Elliott. That's a tough one. I would rather have Harris. just cause, Without a doubt, because yeah. of the wear and tear. But he was a tough guy to rank. I almost put yeah. him behind Jones. I think that's when we, when we were talking about him with the fantasy rankings before. Yeah. Like, where do, you, where do you slot him in at? Mm-hmm. I mean, had some really good things to say about him, like, He's on a Hall of Fame pace. I mean, he's had a great career, but this past year he looked sluggish. His run blocking was bad, you know, but he tore it up when Dak was there. You know, like uh, some running backs are obviously, they all are, dependent on their surroundings to some degree. And his surroundings were really good early in the year, really bad late in the year. But he himself didn't look as good to me. Yeah. I wonder wonder if he was playing through something or. Right. Or is he just the beginning of the end? Yeah, that could be. Number six, Nick Chubb. I'd rather Chubb than Harris. Yeah, Nick Chubb to me, I don't. I think I said my first sentence was he might be the best ball carrier in the league. Yeah, I don't know if I wouldn't put him above some of these other guys ahead of him, but he doesn't catch the ball as That's much. What I, I had to yeah. hold that against him, and, and the Hunt thing I did not hold against him as a part-time player. That's not his fault. If Hunt wasn't there, he'd get even more carries. And when he came back from injury last year, he got everything. Yeah, and was a stud. Um, Harris is a better receiver and always will be, though. Yeah. You know, number five is the aforementioned Derrick Henry. You could put him at one. I mean, he's led the league in rushing two years in a back row, back to back years, and yeah. rushing yards. Forty nine touchdowns in his last forty five games. <laughs> yeah, it's like wow. There's something to be said for that, and he is different. Doesn't catch a ball though. Yeah, I mean, he's still a really good player, and I think he's in the, the peak of his powers. So I'm not talking about what he's going to be two years from now. I mean, I'm talking about how good he is right now. The dudes above him catch the ball. Um, number four, you have Dalvin Cook. Yeah. You've used that example a couple times. They drafted Derisaw and then Wyatt Davis because their O-line's been so it's bad. Been bad. And he's still, yards per game was only behind Henry last year, and they were far and away better than everybody else. He's an exceptional runner. That, to me, receiver. is the biggest argument for the people saying that the offensive line uh, you should you be gotta, first, yeah. Yeah, you got to fix the offensive line first before the back. Well, Dalvin Cook's a great back. A great back. And if you had any doubt about that, look at the games last year for the Vikings with Dalvin Cook, mm-hmm. and then when they didn't have him, and see what the other running uh, backs did. It's it's night and day. Night and day. Night and day. Makes a lot of yardage on his own. 
that's also one of the knocks. I don't think he's played a 16-game schedule Well, yet. when you, you know, yeah. he's not the biggest back. No, but um, durability is yeah. in the name. And that was, a, that was an issue for him coming out a little it bit. Was, it yeah. was. Number three, Alvin Kamara. He could be one. Yeah. I mean, remarkably uh, consistent. I think he's caught 81 passes three years in a row, and then past year he caught 83. Yeah. You're know, like, wow. He scores <laughs> a ton of touchdowns. But um, you wonder what that's going to look like this year without Breeze. Probably not as good. Because yeah. when they when they didn't have Breeze last year, when when they had Taysom Hill he playing stole quarterback, some of the thunder. Yeah. yeah, I mean he took some of the rushes away. He took mm-hmm. he didn't catch the ball as much. No, um, um, but I love Kamara's balance and agility and burst. I think he's a great one too. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. He could have been one on my list. I was torn. Number two is Saquon Barkley. Durability is starting to be a thing. You know, he only played one game last year or two, one. Um, missed some time before that. The I one game he did play was against the Steelers, and they shut him down. And they shut him down. Uh, I think he's the most talented. I would. I mean, if they offered him for me for to Harris, I'm saying yes. Yeah, and he's still a young guy. He's only 24. Yeah, him and McCaffrey's one. Uh, they're both only 24. I thought they were both a little older than that. I mean, they, McCaffrey's been around the block a little bit. He has, and he missed a large portion of last season with yep. injury. Was great in the three games he showed up. I think he's still going to be great. We always talked about he's probably going to be first pick in your fantasy draft again this year. Elite receiver, really good ball carrier. Um, if we're factoring in contract, I wouldn't trade Harris or McCaffrey. No. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but I think McCaffrey's a better football player. Right? Yeah. The second, he's better than all of them. He's number one. But if you draft it, so if you get an opportunity to draft a running back who is a top 10 player at the position. You talking about fantasy or the real world? Real world. Real world. Okay. Real world. Yeah. I think, I think Harris is, is in that range. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, when you start naming every back in the league that are the best at what they did, with all respect to Miles Sanders and Eklar, you know, I'd rather have Harris. Great. I'd rather have Harris. Yeah, and it's not even a conversation. And I haven't, I haven't seen him play a, a game in the NFL. Right. But I know that he can. And to your point about Ross Tucker, Ross has seen some stuff. Oh, Ross yeah. has played in the league. Ross has if, played in the league. If Ross says that Najee Harris is, is a high school senior – could have stepped in and played in the NFL. I got to believe. Yeah, he yeah. knows what he's talking about, and he's he's, he's been, broadcasted he had, that game for quite a few games yeah. in a row. He's been that si- he's been the size that he is mm-hmm. from day one. Like from day one, yeah. When he walked into high school, you know, we, we had Tom Reed on in the previous segment, and he was talking about that. You know, the freshman coach looking at Najee Harris as a true freshman coming out in high school, saying, "Don't even bother here because." You're going to kill some guys here, or <laughs> right. you, they're just going to pull you up the you know the varsity here soon. So yeah, don't waste my time. No, it's a pretty remarkable specimen. I mean, you're not the top recruit in the country by accident. Uh, some you guys should all, if you didn't listen to the segment already, uh, there's some pretty remarkable things about even his on-field production, but certainly you know Najee's uh, you know personal things, you know, growing up and whatnot. But it scored like what 99 two point conversions in his <laughs> life or something insane like that all the touchdowns he scored yeah. first time on the field just dominant uh, it's going to be harder at this level of course but yeah. he did it at the highest level of college i he's not an adrian peterson type prospect he was as rare a there's been player, one of those high player i've seen but you know i think when you look at to me it's kind of like he's he's kind of a, a smaller version of derrick henry who mm-hmm. catches the ball better? I say with the receiving skills, are yeah. so much better. He has a unique body too. I mean, Henry has the most unique body yeah. that I've seen. I mean, he's he's another. He looks like a big defensive end. He's from another he's planet, from a different planet. Yeah, and, and some of his remark high school stuff is crazy too. Yeah, he was playing small school football 
right. in Florida. I think he's the most rushing yards ever in high yeah. school. Yeah, I mean, he was playing like Class A football just running in Florida. People, just He was the biggest guy in the field. By far. And nobody, he's like Jim Brown in the 50s or <laughs> right, 60s. Right. bigger you know. than his blockers <laughs> and faster than everybody <laughs> and nastier. Yeah. But Najee, I mean, that, that wingspan, wide shoulder – Thin waist, long arms, big hands. Is... You might not think the wingspan matters that much oh, for running good. backs, but he uses a stiff arm. Well, well, and he catches the catch radius is huge. It's huge, and it's going to be an asset in protection. Yeah, in a big, big. We talk about left tackles having long arms. Well, there's a reason for that. Yeah, somebody asked me about that on on a chat recently, and like, you know, do you want to see? Uh, I know all the uh, the media can't wait to see what Najee Harris looks like in backs on backers, but I wouldn't do it with him. I'm like. Well, first of all, I've never seen a player get hurt in backs on backers. Mm -hmm. Secondly, they have to find out if he can do it. I bet he's the first rep. Oh, there's no doubt. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's gonna be against Vince. And it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be against Vince or, Williams right. or or you know somebody good. Yeah, somebody who's coming hard and can you stand up to it? Right. They got to see what you like, want to it. Be nice to Najee so he gets some confidence. No, no. And you may only it, right here, it right? may be once or twice, but you got to see it. Oh, you got to see it because he's gonna see it in games. Teams are gonna run guys at him. And he's going to be in protection in the preseason too. Yeah, you know you got to see it. I mean, that's why I know Ben Roethlisberger wants to see him do it. <laughs> yes, yeah, we talked about all those rookies that are on my list. I mean, that's why they didn't see the field early. You yeah, know, Dobbins and because they weren't Taylor, sure. Right, I don't know. I did. I got at least got to see it a little bit. And it is interesting to me though that you have uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, the last of those rookies on that mm -hmm. list, because um, he got the most playing time of those guys last year. And certainly early on, without question. I know where to put him. You know, like. He could be on my fantasy team this year. I mean, they have a line. I mean, I, th I think he's got a bright future. But it, where is he as a player right this minute? I just like 24 other guys better. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, but that's going to do it for this segment. Uh, interesting uh, little talk there. You're going to be doing more of these? Uh... Every position group. I'm not sure what the second one is. I'm going to be out of town all weekend, so I'm not going to write anything until probably Tuesday. I'll start. Good, uh, good luck ranking those wide receivers and stopping at yeah. 25. Right, right. <laughs> tough one. <laughs> That's uh, one of maybe the deepest position in football. Yeah, it's probably going to be the hardest one the more I think about it. Yeah, getting just There's down to 25 guys. guys. There are. Yeah. I remember last year I had to sort out the edges, you know, Bosa versus Garrett versus Watt. You know, I mean, it's hard to rank them. Yeah, no, no doubt. That's that's a, But it does, as you said, make it more, you know, when you start thinking about it in that way. You get a good feel for the position across the league, yeah. too. Because you, you don't usually do that globally. Like, you think, no. well, that guy's good, that guy's good. You yeah, never you sit there and think, okay, which one would I rather have? Mm-hmm. And why? What do I really value? Like, if you notice on this running back list, the pass catchers. ability was yeah. big. It was really yeah. big. Because it would be real easy to just say, well, Derrick Henry's led the league right. in rushing the last two years. He's number right. one running back. Right, right, right. I'd rather play against Henry than Cook. Well, unless, I had, one. unless I had to tackle him. But <laughs> the other guy, the, the 11 that are on the field, while I'm in the press box. <laughs> uh, but he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. Uh, we want to thank Jacob Reck for listening or for keeping us on the air throughout the course of the show, and we want to thank you for listening to this edition of the Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.